Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon. Welcome to Alpha's Targeted Individual Community Call. It's Sunday, November 19, 2017. Just going to do a quick show. Um, something that I'm noticing, um, I'm, the last episode I did, which was, what, 3 or 8.54, had to do with um, a company that I work for and the downsizing. And what I'm noticing is an increase in the workplace bullying, uh, harassment. California has a... Um, uh, Actually, all states are beginning to realize that there are issues, uh, but in California, um, on behalf of, oh, here, I'll post it. They had, they had, they had begin to rec- begun to recognize that the systematic form of workplace bullying, generally it's uh, usually, well, like in my case, if you have a discrimination claim against the company, and you have a downsizing, but currently they need you because you you have knowledge of the an accounting side aspect. They may keep you, but what they will do is then they will the people who have survived, just say, or people who are on their way out, they may try to recruit them in order to increase the targeting of you in the workplace to basically discredit your work working capabilities. There's an increase in that, and that management is actively participating. And I was able to speak with the IT department while that person happened to be scrolling through people's emails. So sabotage in the workplace is one key thing to look for if you're targeted. And because we have cyber capabilities, we have your IT department. If something goes wrong, they can log into your, your computer. But they can also background look into things. And Office 365, which is you can go into the Outlook email, but while you're in there, you could also delete information and emails. So on Friday, one of the cases was uh, one of our vendors had given us a statement of account, and I had responded to that person by stating that there were three, I guess there were three invoices from their statement that I needed copies of, and I see uh, people on it, and somehow they did not get that email. Well, I know what I did but somehow it was not in my box. It was not in the box of the two people within the company or they proclaimed that it was not there. And I'll find out um, via response from the vendor if they received it. In any event, what I found out, so you know, it's hard to prove that type of cyber. And what it does is it makes people who don't understand what workplace harassment and bullying is and sabotage to your workstation, missing files, um, missing emails, and things that you know that you did, and it, what it does is it tries to make you doubt. It's a psychological game of warfare. And the company that I'm currently working for appears to think that they can do it to me and that somehow I don't know the psychology behind what it is that they are doing. This would be Robert Talbot Incorporated. So yeah, human resources is of no value because, you know, we had um, certificates of achievement 
that were given out to some uh, employees that hit their five-year mark or their one-year mark or whatever. And generally, it's thank you for your, you know, your service and dedication to the company. One of the employees received their five-year, and all it said was thank you for your satisfactory work with the company. So that's again downplaying or or diminishing the work of a dedicated employee, which I found out they were doing on their performance evaluations. So I have a feeling that they're on the rise because what comes what comes with um, downsizing is that there are some people who will be who have been given notice that will be laid off in January, but there are surviving people, and those surviving people are now on what's called survival mode, so to speak. That means that they are more likely to jump on board to in order to discredit someone, so that in hopes of securing their position of what's left with the company. So these are standard operating procedures. It shows that it does increase workplace bullying. And I'll give you some of the psychology behind it. Uh, one of the, well, this is from a law office, and it says workplace bullying laws in California know your rights. And this is on Ruiz Law, um, Hennig Ruiz Law Firm. So it's a law firm, and they give a description. It says, have you been suffering from workplace bullying and harassment in California? If so, this behavior could be violating California labor law. Well, California was the first state in the nation to introduce anti-bullying legislation back in 2003 with the Healthy Workplace Bill. It is important to know that workplace bullying still occurs, and while bullying itself is not unlawful, workplace harassment due to sex, national origin, disability, disability, age, race, religion, and a variety of other factors is illegal. So what are your employee rights under California labor law when it comes to workplace bullying? This article will inform you on the basics. You need to know about workplace bullying, common signs, you're being subjected to workplace bullying and harassment, and when to file a workplace harassment complaint. Have you been suffering from workplace bullying and harassment in California? Question mark. If so, this behavior could be violating California labor law. Well, California was okay. So anyway, that's a repeat. What is workplace bullying? Workplace. The Workplace Bullying Institute defines workplace bullying as repeated Health-harming mistreatment of one or more person or persons, the target, by one or more perpetrators that takes on more of the following forms of verbal abuse, offensive constructs or behavior, including nonverbal, which are threatening, humiliating, or intimidating, or work interference, sabotage, which prevents work from getting done. Bullying in the workplace can come in many forms from the blatant to subtle and typically occurs more than once rather than an isolated incident. The workplace bully will usually engage in a pattern of behavior against uh, behavior against their target or targets in which the bully asserts power over that person or group of people through aggressive behavior. Signs are being bullied at work. Even though workplace harassment is unlawful, bullying at work still occurs frequently. If you are being subjected to any of the following behaviors by your employer or coworkers because of a protected characteristic, contact the uh, you know contact the lawyer. But first, go through the EEOC or the Department of Fair Employment and Housing or Housing Employment. Um, the first thing that you most attorneys will ask you is, have you filed with the federal government or the state and federal? So common signs, your workplace bullying. So it could be your employer or your supervisor or coworkers will exhibit um, verbal anger or aggression towards you, okay? And I'm, it's your employer or coworkers. I'm not going to keep repeating 
uh, nonverbal respiratory, for example, slamming things onto their desk, um, undeserved, undeservedly punishes you physically, psychologically, or emotionally, belittles you based on your ideas, personal circumstances, work, or opinions, humiliates or embarrasses you in front of others. That's a, that's a lot of what happens. Uh, acts vindictive towards you, has sought revenge or retaliates against you, uh, tampers with your personal belongings, stalks, spies, or pesters you, uh, forces or aggressively persuades you to do or say things against your will, threatens you with unwarranted punishments, termination, physical, emotional, or psychological abuse, communicates with you offensively with demeaning jokes, rumors, gossip, harassment, or profanity, uses unfair tactics to block your progression, growth, or advancement within the organization, designs an underhanded campaign to oust you from your job. So part of that is like, in my case, did you send the email? Or now we have someone in the warehouse who keeps saying, you know, where's my shipping numbers? And then I have to respond, well, there's no uh, purchase orders. So in most companies and and through, um, you know, generally accepted business practices, uh, especially in accounting, is that you place an order to manufacture something because we're manufacturing and retail. So same with with a, a vendor to manufacture clothing. And then once we confirm that order, you're supposed to place a purchase order. So you wait three to six weeks or longer, depending on what season it is, or if it's just an individual order or bulk order, makes a difference. But in that interim, you also confirm the prices, you've updated your purchase order. So basically, by the time an accounting person gets the invoice, all of that should already be in place. With this company, it's backwards. The product arrives at the warehouse, or we get an invoice and a packing list. A couple of days later, it arrives in the warehouse. And you're in the meantime, you've asked for a purchase order because the product was ordered and shipped without a purchase order being um, completed. So what that does is it delay the process. There are other delays that have transpired due to their financial issues, which caused someone to which caused the warehouse to have to work harder. Needless to say. What it is is that when you continue to, to place the burden or the blame on the individual who has, like myself, who creates the ship number so that the receiving department can receive the product, when you do that, but then you have omitted, right? So these are like these, these subtle forms of sabotage. You didn't create the purchase order. I didn't get the email that had the invoice and packing list. I respond to a vendor and that information didn't get out. So a lot of the cyber capabilities can be done through the back doors of your IT department. And when I happen to come downstairs, it, so it's always timed, right? We're going to do this. Okay, let's get this one. We'll delete this, in, these, e, this email chain from that person, and then you can turn around as a manager and ask her, how can, uh, what, are the, what are the invoices that are missing for the vendor, knowing that I had already done it? That's sabotage in the workplace. But again, this type of behavior will become, it will start going on steroids because those who are surviving intend to or want to keep their positions if the company has another round of layoffs, say, in January. So they'll begin to sabotage each other in the workplace in order to make themselves look good and in order to get someone else out so that they have, they secure their positions within the company. That's standard operating procedure for desperate, insecure people. 
But what I did find out, because I happened to walk downstairs and the IT person happened to be right inside of the email, administrative access to the email Outlook email account for the employees of the company, and I asked them specifically, one, do you have the capacity when you have this administrative access to delete information like emails? Well, technically, you can. But we don't do that. It's not a matter of what you do or don't do or what you think I need to prove. What I need to prove is, is there a capability that, in fact, administrative personnel can go into the email accounts of an employee in order to sabotage them by deleting information, like me not getting information, it, it being deleted before it hits my inbox. Emails that I did send that they want to now use as an excuse. So it's very conveniently timed, right? How come you didn't? What are the invoices that the the vendor is missing? Well, I send an email and I cc you and another person on it. Well, I didn't get it. The other person said they didn't get it either. So that's playing a psychological game on someone in the workplace. The only problem is these idiots don't realize. I understand the game that is played within the workplace. So anyway. By catching the IT person being in the back doors, administrative side of our Outlook, it shows me that they can troll through your emails, which he was doing, and then he says, oh, well, let me take a look and see. So if you can take a look and see, you could also go in there and delete stuff too. Would an employee do that? Absolutely. Would an IT person do that? Absolutely. So it's hard to prove that because they'll claim that they didn't. What I need to prove is, is there a capability, because I'm accusing these people now of sabotage in the workplace, and the answer is absolutely yes. They can go in administratively through the back doors, troll through your information, and if they're trying to set you up, then they will, you will not be receiving emails that you were supposed to receive. They'll withhold them for days on end so that everybody else has them, and they start asking you about them, and you're looking through your emails, and you don't find them. And then all of a sudden, later in the day, those emails show up in your inbox. This is all cyber forms of sabotage in the workplace that is transpiring at Robert Talbot Incorporated. And I do make that formal criminal accusation. See, it's too hard to prove because an individual won't be able to prove it. If there's a capability that you just saw, and it can be proven that there is a capability, then now there's reasonable doubt against a company who would claim they would never do it. So if you're, an, if you're a new individual to this workplace harassment and bullying, you, you will be blindsided because you don't think people could be that fucking evil. But they can be. And they will recruit other people to sit there and prey upon you to make you doubt your own truth or capabilities. And at this company that I'm working for, because we had a round of layoffs and I already went through the publicly available information on a Monterey Weekly that talked about what was left in our company, you better believe those people who are left will start clawing each other to death in order to secure their positions.
<clears throat> so it says subtle signs of work, uh, workplace will intimidate you with overt or veiled threats, ignores or avoids you, forgets to invite you to meetings or selectively greets others. This is what my, the controller, he, he was flat on, and he was already not accused once but twice of workplace bullying. Um, consistently tries to rationalize their negative behavior, addresses your concerns with coworkers who is bullying you, uh, makes you feel like you, you're the problem for their negative behavior, making you feel unworthy. So as long as you know yourself, what this is is that these are the type of psychological things to try to diminish you or try to break you for in the workplace, that they will recruit other people, especially now that, like in the company that I work for, you have the insecures coming out. So they will jump on board to secure their own survival, so to speak. And they will fuck you over in the workplace, hands down. But instead of being intimidated, you call them on it. You know, you, know, you should read these articles about workplace bullying. That's what I did to one of the, the one of the managers. Yeah, you know, in times like when they have layoffs, the, the t- things like this tend to start increasing, sabotaging people in the workplace. Uh, coworkers make you feel like you're the problem for their negative behavior, making you feel unworthy. Or employers or managers certainly delays or blocks your work progress on an assignment, etc., undermining your job. So if you're the IT person and you know I need to have that me, uh, email because it has an invoice in the packing list that I could be working on, instead you delay it for me for three to four days and the product arrives in the warehouse and they're asking why well, I haven't done anything and I don't recall seeing the email even though I look at my emails every morning. And then all of a sudden it shows up in your email box. Well, that's your IT person being instructed to obstruct you in the workplace. That's also known as a hostile work environment when it makes it impossible for you to do your job under normal circumstances. Now we have technology. You should see the way companies will instruct their IT department to fuck someone over in the workplace. How do I know? Because I've already been down this road with a multinational, and that was years ago. I know the signs. It's just surprising sometimes to see the people who will then begin to actively participate. Um, So again, these are the ones that you should look out for when you're being sabotaged and think of technology because they'll claim that they can't do it and the next thing they'll say is prove it. All you have to prove now is that there is the capability to do exactly what you are claiming. And if there is, then that brings doubt on the corporation who has an axe to grind with you. That's premeditated. Sabotage of an employee within the workplace. Um, Pitch you and other employees against each other to create conflict and competition. They remove or increase your responsibilities in your role without cause, uh, sets nearly impossible expectations and guidelines and constantly changes them to set you up to fail, takes credit for your ideas and hard work. So 
what is this? Well, these are some of the signs to look for if you feel, especially when your company downsizes and it's survival of whoever can fuck the other person over in order for them to keep their job because that's what happens. It's no different than the small company that I work for. And so California does have laws, but it's really hard because it's usually under workplace harassment with as a protected class of person, you know, sex, national origin, uh, disability, uh, whether it's psychological or physical, um, being harassed, you know, based on your ethnicity, your religion, right, your sexual orientation. Um, But workplace bullying doesn't necessarily have to be any one of those protected classes. It can be for other reasons like retaliation, but although retaliation is illegal in the workplace. So needless to say, these are the type of things that transpire. So I'm going to go on to some other article. Um, this was from inc.com. A new study finds that downsizing can result in managers or and or coworkers abusing their weakest employee. So they tend to say the weakest employee, but sometimes it can be the strongest employee because that person may may be able to point out that there's several people who are weak employees who've been getting away with things for quite a number of years, and now with the new computer system, it's showing all the places where people have not been doing their job, in which case those people would turn on you because you happen to be the person pointing it out. And in our company, it's uh, we changed the computer system that everything is driven by what's called a purchase order. So again, you place an order, you cr- or, you know, you place an order, you confirm, or you you may you call and you place an order and you confirm it, and you confirm the cost. You create a purchase order. Most sometimes you're actually supposed to create a purchase order before even confirming the order, which means that you you tell them that this is what you want. They give you a quote. You create a purchase order. Okay. It, and because of our company being driven by a purchase order, this new software system including it, everything is about a purchase order. And what it has shown in the last couple of months since we went live on this new system is just how many areas people have dropped the ball and not completed that task. That's not my fault. Being sabotaged in the workplace becomes my problem because of the lack from others. So this is by Will Yakowicz, W-I-C-Z, uh, uh, Y-A-K-O-W-I-C-Z. So it says, comparison of the corporate environment to the harsh wilderness where predators stalk their prey may seem cliched, but a new study suggests that they may not be too far off. Pedro Neves, a professor at the University of Lisbon in Portugal, found that a business crisis can influence superiors to go after the weakest links in the company. Neves' study, taking it out on survivors, submissive employees, downsizing, and abusive supervision, was published in the Journal of Occupational and Organizational Psychology. Neves researched 12 medium and large organizations to see if workplace abuse takes the form of kicking the dog or when someone vents frustration towards people 
they have power over instead of towards the source where it belongs. Supervisors, dot, 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 target those most unable or unwilling to retaliate. Submissive individuals characterized by low self-evaluation and or those with, who with fewer co-worker allies, according to the British Psychological Society's Research Digest blog. Court self-evaluations, or CSE, is a combination of personal traits relating to self-image and self-esteem. The study required employees to assess statements like, my supervisor blames me to save himself or herself embarrassment, and my supervisor tells me thoughts or feelings are stupid. The results were that individuals with lower CSE or less less co-worker support received more abuse from their bosses. Four out of 12 companies had suffered downsizing in the last two years. Within those four organizations, Nevis found that submissive employees were more likely to be abused. And then, or, or someone like me, where you don't put up with that type of abuse, call it out. And companies don't like to be told that they have management that is abusive. And their way of dealing with management that is abusive, that has a federal claim of discrimination against them, was to give them an award, a plaque. I'm sure for exemplary you know, behavior in the workplace. So that they can try to cover what they already know to be true because I'm not the only person who has filed a compl- formal complaint against the individual who received a plaque for exemplary, I guess, employment with the company. So then it shows the hypocrisy that you're allowing an abuser and you're, you're, you're giving them a plaque or a certificate of achievement for, being, for discriminating in the workplace. Sexist behavior. Dismissive behavior towards females. And the company that I work for gave a plaque to an, an, an individual in management who has been accused where there is a federal claim of discrimination and retaliation and sexism. So it shows where the company stands. That's why they need to be exposed. And so for someone like that, they would try to recruit now because people feel insecure about what's going to transpire in January when the next round may happen is to get them to try to discredit that individual within the workplace. I don't think it. I know it. <clears throat> Hold on. Within those four organizations, Nevis found that submissive employees were more likely to be abused. Uh, we found that as core self-evaluations and co-worker support decrease, abuses supervision increased, particularly in downsized organizations, and this effect carried over to both in-role and extra-role performance, Nevis writes. The study also showed that submissive employees performed their jobs more poorly and were less engaged in the company's community. Nevis says that the abused employees showed evidence of kicking the dogs themselves, taking their resentment towards their boss and manifesting it through acts aimed at undermining the company. A post-downsizing environment involves uncertainty, ruptures to social networks, and a higher sense of individual risk, 
all of which heightens vulnerabilities and gives confidence to aggressors that their abuse is unlikely to be fought against, the British Psychology Society writes on its blog. In order to protect yourself from horrible bosses and or coworkers, because they will enlist and recruit peers to help facilitate this type of harassment and bullying in the workplace. Nevis suggests cultivating relationships with your coworkers and for leaders prone to abusive behavior, take responsibility for your actions and stop preying on the weak in, weakest in the office. It's not a jungle. So that was from Inc. about the increase in what happens. Um, and then I want to read some other stuff. This is uh, uh, there's actually a survey that was done in 2017 that was published. I want to read this one too. It's called, it was from the Society for Industrial and Organizational Psychology, SIOP, and it's a white paper, Science for a Smarter Workplace. Workplace bullying causes consequences and intervention strategies. M. Sandy Hershkovis, University of Manitoba, Tara C. Reich, London School of Economics and Political Science, and Karen Niven, University of Manchester. Um, and I'm just going to read some of it. It's like 22 pages. So the Sandy M. Sandy Herkovis, University of Manitoba, University of Calgary, that's 2015, Tara C. Reich, London School of Economics and Politics. Uh, and it gives a little bio on this person, University of uh, Karen Niven, University of Manchester. She's a PhD, uh, is an associate professor of organizational psychology, research focused on the emotion, emotion a regulation of workplace aggression and use of a variety of methods. So then they did a study. So workplace bullying is detrimental to employees and organizations. Yet in a meta-analytic review of studies representing a range of countries, um, 15, and this, this is your, mainly European, so it's worse than the United States because they're not as nice. They'll just fuck you over. Shit, they'll flatten your tires for a prepaid visa card. But who am I kidding as a TI? But it also it carries over to the workplace. But like I said, now that they're downsizing, that it gives it starts the rise will become incredible. But I called it out already. But I'll, and I'll keep calling it out because now I can put it under protected class because it's also retaliation, and part of retaliation is to sabotage someone in the workplace and they enlist the help like of the IT department. And this individual claimed he didn't do it, but I know exactly what that person's capable of doing. So approximately 15% of employees report being victimized at work. This is uh, from Nielsen, Matheson, and Ein, uh, Ein Arsen, 2010. Workplace bullying is defined as repeated exposure over a period of time to negative acts such as abuse, teasing, ridicule, and social exclusion, but it's also sabotage in the workplace. Missing files. Like I was supposed to do a wire. It was funny how that particular wire in a red folder was off my desk, and then someone conveniently put it back on my desk after the controller asked about why it wasn't done. So these are all the type of things that they do. I don't doubt myself because I know I did it. So what they didn't realize was because I had saved the file somewhere else, I was able to recreate it. But that's the type of sabotage they will do to you in the workplace and in an attempt to make you look bad or discredit you. And your discredit basically, uh, character and credibility, assassinate your working capabilities. But see, you know, most of the stuff that's happened to the company, including the layoffs, was through mismanagement. So they don't have any stones to throw at me because I got boulders that I can throw back at them. 
<coughs> and that was Einerson 2000. Researchers have traditionally conceptualized bullying to involve face-to-face -face interactions. However, the increasing use of technology in the workplace has seen a rise in cyberbullying, whereby employees may be victimized over email or social networking websites, uh, whether it be 2010. Though bullying behavior, and, and also because they have backdoor access, especially in your IP, like I said, they will filter through your stuff. They will pick a particular thing that they want to ask you about, but they'll make sure that it's deleted from your email chain. Or in this case, because we were we had ransomware that went into all our shared files, they're, the, one of them's claiming that, oh, it's in your quarantine. That's why you're not getting your emails. Well, my stuff shouldn't be in quarantine because th this particular IT person knows that I work with foreign countries in order to discuss you know, the payables with them. So systematically blocking and then using the, oh, well, it's quarantine, therefore you probably didn't get it, is not an excuse. Because that individual knows, and so does the controller, that 90% of the people I communicate with are foreign, from foreign vendors. Researchers, okay, so anyway, it says, um, the increasing use of technology in the workplace has seen a rise in cyberbullying, whereby employees may be victimized over email or social networking websites, whether it be 2010. Though bullying behavior can originate from anyone at work, for example, coworker, supervisor, or subordinates, more often than not, the perpetrator has, has more power or perceived power than the target. So that would be the company, the owner, you know, these guys, the HR department, they're saying, oh, well, it's permissible for you to do this because we need to find a way to get them out. And since there's this quote-unquote claim, then we're going to have to assassinate and destroy their working. That's exactly what's transpiring right now. In addition to research examining workplace bullying, a broad literature has stated, uh, started to develop that examines highly related constructs, including abusive supervision, abusive behavior from supervisors, Tepper 2000, remember? Uh, more, than, more than one, more than two, more than three complaints about this particular controller. Who gets a certificate of achievement from the company? For what, exemplary work? That's a cover. Social undermining negative behavior that interferes with the uh, target's ability to maintain positive relationships at work. Duffy, Ganter, and Pagan, 2002, and incivility, low-intensity deviant acts with ambiguous intent to harm the target. Anderson and Pearson, 1999. So th this one right here would be like your cyber capabilities, right? Not providing, you know, making sure that emails that... So they'll pick it, right? Management or whoever will pick it, and they'll get everybody to ask the same question. And then when you go looking for it, it's not there. And that's how I know that they did it on purpose. Pretty sad, don't you think? But you'd be surprised at what people will do, especially after uh, a downsizing. <coughs> 
Although these, con- and so like I said, they'll say prove it. I'm, I'm going to say, you know what? I, I don't need to prove it anymore. I just need to know whether there, I need to legally know if there's a capability from which someone can't has the capacity and maybe the IT person didn't do it, but he gave access to someone in management or whoever. Do I believe that it has been done? I know it's been done because it's been done to me before. I don't need to prove anything. What I need to prove is if there's a capability for them to go in there, troll through my emails, decide which ones they're going to ask a question about and delete it so that that management person can ask a question that they already have the answers to, that they already know someone deleted. You want to talk about a hostile work environment? Trust me. After this downsizing and people getting noticed, watch the animals come out. So although these constructs all differ conceptually, meta-analytic research that compares these constructs against a series of consequences has found that, by and large, there is little to no difference in the magnitude of consequences from these different constructs, Herkovich, uh, Herkovich, 2011. So I'm giving the names of the people who did the research and at what point they published. As a result, we use the term bullying and aggression interchangeably to refer to the range of aggression aggression constructs studied in this literature. Some common examples of workplace bullying include taking away responsibility from someone or replacing it with more unpleasant tasks, or in my case, it's increasing because they my supervisor quit. Um, the person that they put in the position they fired, they have temporaries who want, job, want full-time permanent positions with the company, so they've got something to gain. You understand? Those are all motives. So whatever the company tries to do, I can prove motive on, on, on someone who's trying to undermine me. Because there will be one or more people, especially, like I said, once a company downsizes. Uh, ignoring someone's opinion, that would be my, the, the uh, controller is good at that. Part of the reason why my supervisor took the early quitting uh, was part of the reason was because she forewarned and every time she or myself attempted to speak with this individual about the down, you know, about not including or asking for our opinion about what was necessary within this new software system, um, he would dismiss us like we didn't know what we were talking about. And he does that all the time. Mainly to the female employees. Actually, only to the female employees. Never witnessed that type of behavior towards the male employee counterparts in the finance department. Uh, persistent criticizing someone's work, uh, spreading gossip or rumors about someone, ignoring or excluding someone at work, hinting to someone that they should quit their jobs over the or losing your job or you know that type of stuff. These are veiled threats. Uh, over the past two decades, researchers have examined extensively the predictors and consequences of workplace bullying. This body of research has found that predictors of workplace bullying typically fall into three broad categories, perpetrator characteristics, target characteristics, situational characteristics. Similarly, the consequences of workplace bullying have a range of costs, including human costs, organizational costs, and spillover costs. The purpose of this white paper is to examine the key predictors and consequences of workplace bullying within each of the above categories. 
We will then discuss recommendations aimed to help organizations and individuals prevent and cope with workplace bullying. Although personality is indeed one factor that predicts this type of behavior, workplace bullying does not occur in a social vacuum. Why do people bully at work? This is a simple question with a complex answer. It is tempting to assume that bullying, and this is in your neighborhood too, so all of this stuff, you know, it's not just your work. It could be in public settings. It could be within your neighborhood, you know. That person's not the bully. Like, uh, like Trish and Sean. And Trish, instead of coming over here saying that is there a conflict and trying to resolve that conflict peacefully, chose to go. And I have it on video and I have already documented it. This, this young woman chose to go across the street because she knows a family member and chose to publicly to get me in trouble in order to cause dissension or disagreement between myself and a family member, and that was the goal of what that so-called innocent individual was attempting to do. It was not ever designed to create truth. It was designed to to create conflict, and that is what that that individual did. Now she happens to have a teaching credential, and she becomes a danger in the teaching world because she will utilize these tactics on her coworkers in order to make herself look good so she could rise up. If she could do it to me and my family and a member of my family in order to try to cause division and isolation between family members because that is part of targeting is to isolate the individual in particular from any support mechanisms like family. That was not done in innocence or trying to create a truce. That was a pure act of violence. That was committed by Trish at 420 Early Avenue in Pacific Grove, California. Just think of what she'll do to her peers now that she's being taught on how to use deflect and project. How many innocent teachers who are hardworking will be undermined because she'll gather people and she'll try to recruit them in a hearts and mind campaign about how innocent she is in order for her as a new teacher, and because they're unionized, it's seniority. Think of how she'll discredit all those people so that she can claw her way into a position. There's no innocence involved with that individual, and that's why I don't talk to them or look at them, because I know who they are. I don't need to talk to them. They've exhibited behaviors that undermine individuals, not boost them up. Oh, the neighborhood was so much better before you got here. No, actually, the neighborhood was so much better before individuals within this community allowed themselves to be manipulated by handlers who are asking them to commit domestic terrorist activities. Material support to terrorism. Material lodging to terrorism. It's not about me. It's about what these recruits in neighborhoods allow themselves to get involved with so that they have, radi- they have been radicalized into committing indiscriminate acts of violence. And what Trish did was an indiscriminate act of violence against me. It's not about the neighborhood before I got here. It's about the, the individuals who allow themselves to be recruited by handlers who are radicalizing them. So the neighborhood was good until shit for brains 
electrician Sean and the other neighborhood recruits allowed themselves to be manipulated and become vigilantes. Okay, so it says uh, perpetrator characteristics, a popular media perspective on workplace bullying often assumes that the main reason why someone engages in workplace bullying is because, well, the person is a bully. There is good evidence to suggest that perpetrators exhibit common, typically negative personality traits such as narcissism. Penny and Spectre, 2002, Trait Anger, Herkovitz et al., 2007, Vengefulness, Douglas and uh, Martinko, 2001, and Trait Anxiety, Fox and Spectre, 1999. These are all the people who wrote specific articles about it, a research study. Um, perpetrators are also more likely to have a history of being targeted with bullying. For example, Haig, uh, Spogstart, and Einerson, 2009. Furthermore, the common belief that those who pick on others do so because of their own low self-esteem seems to have at least some support in literature as researchers have found that perpetrators of negative workplace behavior tend to report lower lower core self-evaluation and lower organized based self-esteem and it's going to be true because you know if you're not if how do you put it if you're not a strong leader and you allow your management to bow down to you, and they say something that's offensive to you, you will come back, and then on like what the controller does to me is, it's probably something that he's powerless against because he's a kiss-ass. And kiss-ass people in management are dangerous because when they get abused or whatever by the people above them, they come back and think it's okay to do that shit to you. And when you stand up against it, then they can't, they don't like it. When those people have a stereotype, a stereotype uh, uh, television uh, media perspective on who a person is, because you're an Asian female, therefore you should be submissive. So I'm an American motherfucker, and I've been in the workplace since I was 15 fucking years old. So fuck that shit. And so they have a lower self-esteem because they don't stand up. You know, the, the director of production, she had, what when I first started working there, she had how many people? Five people? Now she's got one. Because she, like the controller, they go with the program. Giving evaluations to people that are just satisfactory. When you know these people were hard workers, you didn't stand up for anyone. So why would I think that that person would, why why do I think it's so easy for that person to start acting the way they are in the workplace? You know, oh, did you get this? Oh, I didn't get that. Trying to fuck with you? Seriously. That's pretty sad. But they have a vested interest to keep their position. So although there seems to be some common characteristic of, of perpetrators, a large body of... So they're insecure people, right? Or intimidated. Also happens to But they, they're in a position of power. So although there seems to be some common characteristics of perpetrators, a large body of research has argued that contextual factors play a strong role in the enactment of workplace bullying. 
This is while certain negative personality traits seem to make individuals more reactive, workplace bullying tends to thrive in certain environments. Therefore, designing selection systems that rule out potential employee based on personality traits may be misguided. First, employees are unlikely to answer honestly questions about the extent to which they exhibit characteristics such as high trait anger or neuroticism. Second, as we note below, targets of workplace bullying tend to exhibit many of the same characteristics as perpetrators. Therefore, selection systems may inadvertently weed out wrong individuals. Third, organizations have much more control over organizational environments that they create than they do over the personality traits of their employees. As a result, it seems that organizational attention would be better placed in fostering a positive work environment than in attempting to select out potential perpetrators. Targets characteristics. Research on workplace... Like I said, with this new software system, it's showing the, the holes in all the people who don't do their jobs. And part of it is because we're so understaffed that we can't do our jobs. That creates a hostile work environment. So <clears throat> research on workplace bullying and aggression has not only focused on the traits and characteristics of perpetrators, it has also examined the traits and characteristics of targets. <coughs> Research on victim precipitation uh, always, 1978 has argued and found that certain employees, by virtue of their characteristics and traits, may be at higher risk of workplace bullying than other employees. This body of research also has also found that sometimes such traits lead employees to perceive workplace bullying where there is none. Intensity and sizable body of research has demonstrated that targets exhibit many of the same traits as perpetrators. Hershevik and Wright, 2013. This research has found that targets tend to have higher level levels of trait anger and anxiety, tend to have higher levels of negative affectivity, and tend to be more disagreeable compared to non-targets. They there also seems to be some evidence that targets of of workplace bullying are both higher in cognitive ability and conscientiousness. These surprising findings suggest that employees may punish overperforming coworkers in an effort to force them into lowering the bar. <clears throat> so you know how they said, oh, it's just the weak people because they don't fight back, but that's not true. A lot of times they'll come after the strong people too. So these were, I, um, so again, it says, interestingly, a sizable body of research has demonstrated that targets exhibit many of the traits of perpetrators, but we don't, we don't do it to other people. I don't, but I will if you can't, if you come at me and you try to do something to me, I'll come right back after you now. I used to be nice. I'm not nice anymore. Uh, the research, and so that was Her, Her, Herkovich and Reich, 2013. So I'm going to read it through and I'll give you the people who, whose articles or research you can look up. Uh, this research has found that targets tend to have higher levels of trait anger and anxiety, tend to have higher levels of negative effectivity, and tend to be more disagreeable compared to non-targets. There also seems to be some evidence that targets of workplace bullying are both higher in cognitive ability, as Kim and Glom, 2010, and conscientiousness, Lynn Glass, Pallinson, and Einarsen, 2009. These surprising findings suggest that employees may punish overperforming 
coworkers in an effort to force them into lowering the bar. In addition to exhibiting certain traits, high-risk targets also seem to engage in certain behavior that may aggravate perpetrators. For instance, Kemper, Moss, and Duffy, 2011, found that when supervisors perceived that subordinates are different from themselves, those differences led to higher levels of relationship conflicts, which in turn is associated with higher levels of abuse from the supervisor towards the subordinate. Interestingly, however, this mediated relationship was stronger when supervisors perceived subordinates to be low performers. That is, low-performing subordinates seem to be at higher risk of mistreatment from supervisors. The idea of examining how victim characteristics and behaviors precipitate aggression may be viewed as victim blaming. However, as noted by Herkowitz and Rafferty, 2012, Aggressive behavior at work occurs with the context of a social relationship and both parties to that relationship contribute to its dynamics. Understanding the factors that may put employees at higher risk of mistreatment is important to bullying prevention. For instance, if we know that performance is a risk factor, then ensuring proper supervisory training to steer supervisors away from abusive behavior and towards more constructive performance management approaches is likely to both reduce abusive supervisor or supervision and ultimately improve employee performances. Situational characters, one of the most frequent study predictors of workplace bullying is the situational or contextual factors that might influence aggression in an organization. In fact, situational constraints, quote-unquote, have been found to be one of the strongest predictors of workplace aggression, Bowling and Beer, 2006. Researchers, so I'm going to read a little thing on the side and then I'll get back to the article. It says, researchers have found that job insecurity and role stressors such as low job autonomy and high workload are associated with being both a perpetrator and a target of workplace bullying. So remember, job insecurity, right? Well, we know we got the first layoffs. They told all of us that are left that in January they will reevaluate, okay? So that means that, you know, everybody's all stressed out because, you know, they might or might not have a job or they might get or might not get noticed in, in January. So we, we know the first round got their notice, but, you know, the surviving people don't know what's going to happen. So if you have a, a evil management, so to speak, or someone who wants to get back at someone at a higher level, then they'll recruit these people to jump on board. It's a simple premise. So everybody, since we are losing people and we've lost people since the beginning of the year, it, it has caused a, a higher rate of workload onto that individual. So stressful work environments seem to foster conditions that make workplace bullying more likely to occur. For example, researchers have found that job insecurity, and I'm going to uh, Ducoupier, Balian, and DeWitt, 2009, and role stressors such as low job autonomy and high workload, Bailey and DeCooper, DeWitt, 2011, are associated with being both a perpetrator and a target of workplace bullying. Similarly, meta-analytic findings suggest that role conflict, role ambiguity, low autonomy, and high work constraints, Dowling and Beer, 2006, are higher among targets than non-targets of workplace aggression. However, the direction of these effects is... Um, is, interestingly, found that boredom also predicts workplace aggression, suggesting that managers need to balance workloads such as employees have enough work to keep them out of trouble, but not too much work that they become reactive due to stress. 
Leadership style has emerged as another important situational factor. For example, perpetrators of workplace bullying tend to report having leaders who are less charismatic and more abusive, and targets tend to report having leaders who are far less fair and supportive. Non-contingent punishment and tyrannical and laissez-faire leadership styles have also been found to relate to perceptions of bullying. Uh, it seems that leaders who adopt these styles may portray a seemingly permissive stance on workplace aggression. Finally, meta-analytic evidence shows that workplace injustice is another key predictor of aggressive behavior at work. The organizational justice literature focuses on three main types of justice. Interpersonal justice refers to the quality of the interpersonal treatment people receive when supervision make decisions and implement procedures. Procedural justice refers to the fairness of the procedures under to determine organizational outcomes. Distinctive justice refers to the fairness of the actual outcome and decisions made by supervisors. Hirschkowitz et al. found that all three forms of injustice were related to employee aggression. However, interpersonal injustice has the strongest relationship with employee aggressive behavior founded by procedural and then distributive justice. And with uh, in other words, perhaps contrary to popular belief, employers appear to be more. Oh, employ, I'm sorry. Employees appear to be more concerned with the respect and dignity with which supervisors communicate outcomes and decisions than they are about the fairness of the outcome itself. Which is bullshit. I I believe that you need to be fair, but I also I do believe that in the outcomes. And so HR has failed. In, in the company that I work for. They claim that they've done all this stuff, yet you turn around and give a certificate of achievement to someone who has more than one formal complaint against them to include one from the government. So what's the fairness there? What's the justice? What's addressing the issue? Well, they failed to do that. That's why I'm taking it all the way. Um, in some bullying behavior seems to flourish in workplaces that are characterized with high demands, low resources, and ineffectual leaders, okay, which is absolutely, unequivocally the absolute truth of where I work right now. Would I swear it in a court of law? You bet your ass I would. And there'll be people that will, I could subpoena who will say the exact same thing. So in some, bullying behaviors seem to flourish in workplaces that are characterized by high demands, low resources, and ineffectual leaders. What are the consequences of workplace bullying? Workplace bullying has clear, significant, and adverse consequences, not only for employees, but also for organizations and society more broadly. Below, we discuss three broad categories of consequences, human, organizational, and spillover or crossover. So human is the individual psychological damage, the, the physical, psychological and physical, because it starts to affect you, you get stressed, you get ulcers, you can have a stroke. You know what I'm saying? Like the 41-year-old working in our place. I mean, yes, that person had diabetes, but no history of high blood pressure. But when you pop a vessel in your brain, that means you, your blood pressure was so high for a long period of time that it caused the vessel to burst and you have no history of it and you're fit, physically fit. So thank goodness that that individual will be able, because they're younger 
and they're physically fit to be able to recover at a much better rate than someone who may not be. When you start stroking out on the fucking job and you have no history of high blood pressure, but what happened was a vessel burst in your brain, that's all on work. That's ineffectual leadership causing that person to feel under so much pressure to get the job done that in that case, it was a physical ailment that transpired. Um, so organizational means working, you know. The the workplace and spillover means what happens when you take it home because you're so stressed out at work because you're being harassed. Do you take it on your kids or whoever, you know? And that's what this whole concept of bullying is, okay? So these people who target me, because they can come to a group, they can come to a house, and they can blast the shit out of me, electrocute me, you know, blast me with sound. Are they really doing it because they hate me? No, because they hate their life, maybe. Because they hate their spouse? Possibly. Because they hate their life? Definitely. Because somebody made them feel powerless, their boss, their parent, their friends. So they get to gather in these groups and take all that aggression out on an individual called the targeted individual. There's no firewalls to protect themselves from such onslaught of sheer violence. That's what transpires. You're the scapegoat. So these people are miserable in their own personal lives, so they need to have some control to feel some power. So the handlers give them a scapegoat, and they take all that aggression out on that person while taking their eye off the prize. Like, why don't you confront that boss who treated you like shit instead of coming into the group setting and taking all that aggression out on a target who doesn't even know who the fuck you are? Maybe you feel powerless because your spouse is cheating on you or is an alcoholic or a drug addict, and you don't have any power over that. So you come into these group settings, and you put all that hate into that target who you don't even fucking know. Instead of dealing with the alcoholic or the drug addict or the abusive parent or the friend that fucked you over, or someone in your personal life that did something to you that you don't have the courage to confront, so they come into these group settings and torture the shit out of someone that didn't do shit to them. And that would be the targeted individual. So that's that crossover, the spillover. The human cost. Targets of workplace bullying experience significant detriment to their health and well-being. These individuals report increased psychological distress, including anxiety and depression, negative emotions, and overt anger. 
The targets also report higher levels of burnout and emotional exhaustion. Recent research has also linked the experience of bullying to the physiological outcomes, including sleep problems, musculoskeletal complaints, and low salivary cortisol. In fact, several researchers have suggested that targets of workplace bullying experience symptoms similar to those associated with post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. So you see me going off sometimes? That's my PTSD. I already know. And I actually can't call it post-traumatic stress because it's an ongoing thing that continues, that I continue to be bombarded with. So that's why when I call the perpetrator community a group of motherfucking cowards, because that's exactly what they are. They don't deal. So they have handlers who give them an opportunity to take out what they don't deal in their own personal backyards, so to speak, and they take that shit out on the TI. Um, <clears throat> Matheson and I... Uh, uh, E-I-N-A-R-S-E-N, found that victims of bullying exhibit higher, higher levels of PTSD than a series of non-bullied high-control groups, for example, recently divorced person, war zone personnel. Thus, there is no question that there are serious adverse health consequences for victims of bullying. So that's why we call it workplace harassment. We call it community-based bullying and harassment because that's what's happening. Interestingly, targets are not the only ones who suffer from and react to workplace mistreatment. Studies have found that witnesses also experience negative reactions to workplace aggression, such as lower general and mental stress and emotional drain. More recently, Reich and Herkovitz found that employees who witness mistreatment become angry toward and punish perpetrators. Therefore, it appears that incidents of mistreatment extended beyond the target to affect others in the work environment and that consistent with Anderson and Pearson's 1999 finding, concepts of the incivility spiral mistreatment may move beyond the original perpetrator, target dyad to involve others at work. Organizational cost. The human cost of workplace bullying discussed above have obvious implications for organizations as targets experience emotional and physiological impairments are more likely to be absent due to sickness. Further, those targets who continue to attend work demonstrate lower job performance, lower creativity, lower, lower organizational citizenship behavior, and highly counterproductive work behavior. But that's what they want because then they can discredit you in the workplace. So you see the effect? So you're fucking with someone at the work. You got the IT person deleting emails or not getting emails to your account that you need so that you can conduct your job. Number one, that is legal. There is a legal finding for that. It's called hostile work environment. If the workplace says that you need to prove it, what I need to prove is that there's a capability with which someone can do that, and I proved it on Friday and I know that there is, and so does the IT person. Now that puts the onus on the company. You're retaliating against this person. Now, she may not be able to prove the IT person did it, but there are people who can have backdoor access to the administrative side that can go in there and filter through that person's email and desktop and delete information or change information. If, that can, if it shows that it's possible, 
then the burden goes back onto the company. I don't need to prove anything anymore. I just need to prove that there are technological capabilities with which it can be done. And the answer is, you bet your ass it can. Now the onus is back on the company. Especially when you got a claim, a federal claim against them. That's retaliation. That's hostile work environment. You're not allowing me to do my job that I otherwise could if you're sabotaging me in the workplace. So organizations incur indirect costs as well. As meta analytics result, re, analytic results suggest that targets of workplace bullying report lower job satisfaction, life satisfaction, and organizational commitment and higher intention to quit, these negative job attitudes further relate to performance outcomes. As such, it should, it should be unsurprising that workplace bullying in the United States costs organizations as much as 14000 U.S. dollars per, per employee in lost performance. And this is also, you know, people who get noticed that they're going to be laid off in a couple of months. Well, how much product, you know, and you don't blame them. And neither can the company blame them. But because we have the Warrens Act, which is a law now, that you can't just have people come in and then you fight, you, you don't tell them anything, and then one day they come in and you fire them or you lay them off, they can't do that anymore in California. You've got to at least give them some warning so the Employment Development Department can come in and work with the, the employees who will be getting laid off. Now, in January, now that we don't have more than so many employees, they'll probably just throw my ass out the door. But that would be retaliation, wouldn't it? So spillover, crossover, cost. In the last 10 years, an interesting body of research has started to examine spillover and crossover effects arising from workplace bullying and aggression. So not only from the person who's being done, the witnesses who know they're doing it and don't think it's nice, the people who actively participate as they're recruited to participate, everybody gets affected. And it's all negative. <clears throat> Crossover refers to how one individual's experience can influence a different individual's experiences. As and thus in an individual in a, thus is an individual phenomenon. For for instance, experiences of abusive supervision for a target, person A, may influence the attitude of the target's coworker, person B, towards the work environment. In contrast, spillover refers to the extent to which an individual's participation in one domain influences his or her participation and attitudes in another domain, and thus is an in, 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 in-trained individual, I'm sorry, in intra-individual phenomenon. That is, an individual's experience in the workplace, context A, influences the individual's experience in another context, such as the home environment, context B. For example, experiences of abusive supervision may influence an individual's engagement with family activities. Haynes, Marchand, and Harvey, 2006, examined crossover effects by showing adverse health effects on the spouses of workplace aggression targets after controlling for a range of uh, controlling for a range of other stressors tepper in 2000 found that experiences of abusive supervision affects subordinate experiences of work family conflict suggesting that abusive supervision can spill over into another domain in a particularly well designed study 
Hubler and Brass, 2006, obtained data from supervisors, subordinates, and family members to show that when supervisors experience a psychological contract violation at work, their subordinates are more likely to report abusive supervision or crossover from that supervisor. In turn, the subordinate family members are more likely to report family undermining from the subordinate, a crossover. In other words, aggression can trickle down such that when supervisors feel unfairly treated by their organizations, they may be more likely to abuse their employees, who in turn go home and are more likely to abuse their family members. Most recently, Carlson et al., 2011, found that abusive supervision ultimately influences subordinate family functions and satisfaction through relationship tensions. This body of research demonstrates the power of workplace mistreatment to extend beyond its rational context and beyond organizational borders. Cultural considerations. The prevalence estimate provided at the outset of this paper is based on a meta-analytic review summarizing studies conducted across a range of countries, Nielsen et al., 2010. However, these estimates may vary across countries. Nielsen et al. reported that only 9.7% of Scandinavian employees experience workplace bullying, whereas prevalence rates are 15.7% in other European countries and almost 26% in non-European countries, primarily North America. Relatedly, according to the 2010 European Work Condition Survey, European Foundation for the Improvement of Living and Working Conditions, 2010, the percentage of employees who feel that they have been subjected to bullying or harassment at work within the past year ranges from 6% in Bulgaria to 9.5% in France. The researchers have found that job insecurity and role stressors such as low job economy and high workload are associated with being both a perpetrator and a target. So the one member of the survivors perpetrated, and then the, the, the target, they just pick their target, you know. And because I'm targeted outside of the workplace, it's much easier for them to feel that it's okay to do it to me in the workplace. So call, <laughs> um, the percentage of employees who feel that they have been, okay, so one reason for these differences may be due to legislation or lack thereof. For instance, Sweden and France were the first European countries to enact legislation to address workplace bullying in 1993, closely followed by Norway, Denmark, and the Netherlands. In contrast, North America has been comparatively less responsive. In Canada, only three of ten provinces, Quebec, uh, Saskatchewan, and Ontario, have anti-bullying legislation, with Quebec being the first to introduce such legislation in 20. 2004. At this writing, although several states have attempted to introduce legislation to address workplace bullying, none of these laws have been enacted. A second reason for this variation across countries may be that behaviors operationally defined as bullying, quote-unquote, in one cultural context may not be defined as bullying to another, Bond 2004. According to Nielsen, Hetland, and Matheson, and Einerson, 2012, the effect of workplace bullying on subsequent distress is mainly, in, is mainly explained by the subjective feelings of being victimized by the bullying and not by mere exposure to bullying behavior. That is, the negative effects of bullying are due to the meaning individual ascribed to it, 
which is constructed by the cultural context. Indeed, in a cross-cultural study, found only two dimensions of aggression, damage to self-worth and, and direct versus indirect, generalized across their study sites of Israel, Japan, Pakistan, and the United States. Cultural variations in perception of and reaction to workplace bullying are becoming increasingly apparent. For example, a study by Giorgio Leon Perez and Arneas, 2014, of workplace bullying in Italy hypothesized and found a curvilinear relationship between workplace bullying and job satisfaction, specifically among Italian workers. Job satisfaction was lowest when workplace bullying was moderate. Giorgio et al. argued that because bullying is common in Italian workplaces, it is normalized and may even signal membership in the group. Low Restbog and Zagnitsky 2010 also found cultural differences in employee reactions to workplace bullying. These authors attributed the stronger negative relationship between bullying and job satisfaction among Australian workers compared to Singaporean workers to the latter's relative comfort with the unequal distribution of power, for example, low power distance. These differences in employee perceptions and reactions highlight the complexity of studying workplace bullying as well as the need to tailor interventions to their national, industrial, and organizational cultural context. So that means that maybe if you're in a more male-dominated, submissive, uh, some Asian countries, then they don't see that as being bullying. Whereas here in the United States, you know, with all the sexual harassment and everything coming up, there are certain things you just don't do. And when you do them, you need to call people out on them. Primary intervention, and then it goes on with intervention, secondary interventions. So this is what workplaces are supposed to be doing, a tetrary intervention focused on reducing negative consequences, Secondary event to provide employees with necessary skills and or coping resources to deal with bullying should it occur. But if the company is exhibiting it and allows for it to happen, then it doesn't matter your primary, secondary, tertiary because it's not going to happen. So primary intervention focuses on preventing occurrence of bullying in the workplace. But if the company, if the people at the top are actually bullies themselves, then they, they can't see what they're doing. So anyway, this is a pretty good study, um, and I'll post a link in there. And this is just to, to be aware of that things happen and insecurity and all this stuff. So it, it, so I knew that it was coming down the pike. I was just wondering when. And once they did that, I started seeing the rise in it coming against me. But the one thing that I found out was this backdoor access, administrative access to your Outlook and to your desktop and how it can, and they do, actually destroy information or make sure that you don't get it till later. Then suddenly it pops up in your inbox. Well, I didn't get it, and then you go looking for it. The same day that someone in management or someone will ask you for it. But see, I don't doubt myself. Because I know where I've been, and I know what's been done to me, and I know what to recognize. It's just a shame that this company thinks they're so smart that they're going to get away with what they're doing. That's never going to happen. You should know that by now. This is a 2017 Workplace Bullying Institute U.S. Workplace Bullying Survey. 
uh, Gary Nami, PhD researcher director. There's um, prevalence, gender and race, health impact, notification by targets, employee. So this is from the Minnesota Association of Professional Employees. And this has to do, they've been around for 20 years identifying and researching workplace harassment and bullying. So harassment is hard because that is a federally protected, and so that has to go with the protected class of person. Bullying is tense, it's that gray area where they fuck with you really bad in the workplace, but technically they're claiming that it doesn't fall within a protected class of person unless you already have an existing uh, complaint that has been picked up by the federal side in terms of a protected class of person, and then they, they do this to you, then you could just filter all of that that they're doing into the, the federal claim, which is what I'm doing. Um, so 2017 WBI U.S. Workplace Bullying Survey, 19% of Americans have suf suffered abusive conduct at work. So let me give you the data of this one. This is a 2017 um, uh, finding, right? Major, so it was a finding that happened. Um, so to copyright 2017 Workplace Building Institute, LLC, all rights reserved. So I'm, I can't go over all of it, but I'll give you some of the, the highlights to it. Um, national prevalence, 19% of Americans have suffered abusive conduct at work. Another 19% have witnessed it. 63% are aware that workplace bullying happens. We use the definition of workplace bullying that mark, mark matches perfectly the definition codified in the Healthy Workplace Bill. Bullying is repeated mistreatment, but also abusive conduct. For the first time, we asked Americans to consider only the most serious forms of bullying. Uh, wording of the question, at work, what has been your personal experience with the following types of repeated mistreatment, abusive conduct that is threatening, intimidating, humiliating, a work sabotage, or verbal abuse? Um, proportion, they said percentage, 9%. They, uh, I am ex experiencing it now. 9%, I have experienced it before, 10%. Um, I have seen it happen to others 15% of the time, and I know it has happened to others 4% of the time. Uh, they ha you have been a perpetrator yourself. Of course, no one's going to admit that, so that's going to be low. Uh, you have not experienced or witnessed it, 16%. You have not uh, experienced or witnessed it. You believe that non-harmful routine interactions are what others consider mistreatment, 9%. Public awareness of bullying in the workplace is 63%. You have no personal experience, 37%. Using the stratified random samples of 1,008 adult Americans, see the mythology, so then this is how they created it. Uh, this 2017 survey is the fourth national survey conducted by WBI. As we did in 2014, we incorporated the term abusive conduct in the question. Uh, the witness category was split into those who had seen the bullying of others and those who knew that others were bullied. Both groups would have experienced the bullying vicariously. Recent research of those who vicariously experienced bullying found that the severity of emotional injury were similar in severity to injuries suffered by bullied individuals. The most important change was the split. Uh, you have no, not experienced or witnessed the category into three separate subgroups. For the first time, respondents were asked to declare if they were aware that bullying happened despite not having personal experience with it. This subgroup, 16%, we call aware and believers. 
They are not in denial. The aware and disbeliever subgroup 9% would be those in denial. The third subgroup is comprised of individuals who know nothing, see nothing, and are completely unaware of misconduct occurring in their workplace. Approximately 37% of all Americans. They live in a fucking vacuum of 37%. The partitioning of the I have not experienced or witnessed it group all also allows us to clarify to refute the axiom that one must have first-hand knowledge of bullying to recognize its existence. In fact, the 62% of adult American population that claim to have no experience is split into those aware, 25%, and those who profess to know nothing. But then again, the ones who profess to know nothing tend to be the people who actually do it. So the numbers are skewed because people who think they don't know about it, they know what happens. They've seen it happen to other people or they've been uh, the subject of it. But the perpetrators will always deny. The percentage of adult Americans aware that abusive conduct slash workplace bullying happens at work is the sum of those with direct and vicarious experience plus those with no experience but who believe it happens. Um, estimated 63% of Ameri- uh, uh, of adults. We have the Workplace Bullying Institute take some credit for the high level of public awareness, and they do. Um, the April 2017 survey was conducted when the U.S. labor force was approximately 161,616,000, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. By pl- applying the prevalent portion we were, are able to estimate the equivalent number of working Americans that correspond to each bullying experience category. 30 million American workers have been or are now being bullied at work. More than 30 million have witnessed it. These proportions are epidemic levels. So it said, uh, have you experienced it now or have experienced it in the last year? United States workers, 14 million 545,440. Uh, I have experienced it before, but not in the last year. 15,450,000. Total with direct experience, 29,995,926 people across the nation are harassed in the workplace. Although you can't use the word harassed because that has to fall under a protected class of person. And most of the time, it actually does. Only those people don't realize it. Uh, I have seen it happen to others. 22,900,987 workers across this country have seen it happen to others. And did those motherfuckers stand up for the person who was being absolutely brutalized in the workplace? The answer? Very rarely. Maybe one-tenth of one percent. So shame on you. As, as, as Dr. King said, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Uh, you know it has happened to others, 7,450,497. Total of workers affected, direct and witnessed by bullying, 60,347,410 people have witnessed someone else being brutalized in the workplace. How many of those people stood up for that victim. Uh, You have been a perpetrator yourself. Oh, only 533,000 will admit to it. 
So how could you only have 533,000 people being perpetrators when you have 60 million people who have witnessed it? That's not possible. Because part of those people who deny it and part of those people who witnessed it were also people who were actively participating in the harm to that individual. Uh, you have not experienced or witnessed it. You do, not, uh, you do believe it happens, 26 million. Uh, you have not experienced or witnessed it. You believe that non-harmful routine interactions are what others consider mistreatment, 40, um, 14 million. Public awareness of bullying in the workplace, 101,947,000. So people know that it exists, right? Public awareness of bullying in the workplace, 59,620. You have no personal experience or knowledge uh, of or in opinion about workplace mistreatment. So the people have no opinion, chances are that category is the group that does perpetrate. You think people are going to admit to harassing and, and, and harming and sabotaging a coworker in the workplace? We all know that those motherfuckers aren't going to admit to that. So the ones who categorically deny, especially... You know, those are the people who deflect and project, like Patricia and those guys. They're the ones who claim that they've never witnessed it before. That's because they perpetrate it. I have never been bullied 101 million. The number of United States workers who are affected by bullying, summing, summing over those with direct bullying and witness experience is 60.3 million, the combined population of six Western states. So gender and race and bullying, 70% of perpetrators of abusive conduct are men, 66% of all targeted workers are women. And like the targeted individual, which I've talked about, well over 60% are women who've come forward to community-based harassment, workplace bullying, targeting, group targeting whether it's community or group in the work or group in the community. Same. And, of course, those people who do it will definitely not admit that they're, they're the perpetrators. But since they deflect and project that it's, it's you and, and they would never do something like that, you know, like Trish, I would never do something like that. Well, they're the ones who categorically deny that it actually exists. Even that would show that that category actually needs to move up to the perpetrator. So male perpetrators, 70%. Uh, male perpetrators to female target, 65%. Male perpetrator to male target, uh, 35%. Female perpetrators, 30%. Female perpetrators to female targets, 67%. So women do target other women, but I've already talked about that. They don't need to give me these statistics. I already know the answer because I've lived it. Uh, female perpetrator to male target, 33%. So over half, right? 33 plus 33 is 66. So over half, women will target other women without thinking twice, but they have a, a little bit more of a conscience to, when targeting a man. Female target, 66%. Male targets, 34%. Bullies were more likely to be men than women, 
Both men and women perpetrators disproportionately choose women as targets for bullying. Women bullied women in 67% of the cases, men in 65% of the cases. Women were targets in 66% of the cases overall. Race and bullying. Latino or Hispanic and African-American targets are bullied at higher rates than the national rate. Race is an important demographic variable that pollsters use to achieve a representative national sample for our U.S. workplace bullying survey. The proportion that occurs in the general population was matched in the sample for this survey. In the sample of 1,008 individuals, there were 130 Hispanic or Latinos, Latinas and Latinos, 120 African Americans, 30 Asian Americans, and 681 white respondents. Below are the percentage within each ethnic group that has been had or has been bullied, witness it, and the combined percentage of to represent those affected by bullying. Race was crossed with the results of the prevalent uh, of the prevalence question. So Latino or Hispanic uh, direct 25%. So they were victims of it. Witness 14% affected. 39%. African-American, direct targeting, 21%. Witness, 22%. Affected, 43%. Asian, 7% of direct targeting. Witness, about 44% of the time. So agency, other Asians or other Latinos or African-Americans being targeted. They, so then that's bad on the Asians because your ass don't fucking speak up. You got the highest percentage of people who witnessed it. And your ass doesn't say shit. That's fucked up. Fifty-one percent are affected. Caucasians or whites, uh, direct targeting, nineteen percent. Witness, seventeen percent. So now you can tell well, that's kind of confused, right? So nineteen percent of Caucasians are targeted, but only seventeen percent witnessed it. What does that mean? That the predominance of people who perpetrate are Caucasian? No fucking shit. I don't need to do surveys to do that. You only need to be a victim who's witnessed the society in general, especially if you're one target who's moved, and you can see where it comes from. Uh, non-national sample on 36% were affected. Uh, national sample, 19%, 19%, and 37%. The group most bullied were Hispanic, African Americans, and whites in that order. Non-white respondents are considered to be members of legally protected status groups. Employers have to comply with state and federal anti-discrimination laws. That is, when they endure harassment, they would be eligible to demand protection from their employers in most situations. From 20, 2007 WBI U.S. Worker, U.S. Workplace Bullying Survey, we know that 20% of bullying incidents there is an underlying discrimination component. No shit. I've already filed my discrimination. Now look at they got the the desperate workers that need their jobs jumping on board. Doesn't matter what ethnicity they are. Bullying defined in this survey and abusive conduct compound compounds discriminatory misconduct. In other words, bullying supplements exacerbates the mistreatment that may or may not have its basis in race of the bullied target. Bullying is cruelty that transcends race and gender boundaries. 
there were 30 self-identified Asian Americans in the entire sample. The only conclusion to be drawn from that small group is that those respondents were more likely to witness bullying than claim to be a victim of it. And even that conclusion may be spurious given the smaller number surveyed. The overall percentage of those affected across all races was 37%. The two credible non-white groups had higher rates than the national rate. African Americans were affected at the 43% rate and Hispanic Latinas from different, you know, Um, 39%. 40% of targets are believed to suffer adverse health consequences from bullying. So then it goes into the health effects, yes, uh, though it was not apparent to others, 18%. Uh, yes, uh, it was not apparent to others, yes, 43%, not sure, no health harm. So the split between respondents, targets and witnesses only, who were certain bullying had had created health harms, 40% 16%, with the latter being those who would not be who could not be certain. Several factors could account for 60% of uncertain respondents. Targets rarely publicly shared their health problems with colleagues. Personal shame, suppresses and outpouring. Also, targets can endure bullying for long periods of time without awareness that the source of the ill health is their workplace with an attacking, attacking bullying in it. Uh, that is, the causal link, links take time to be recognized by targets themselves. Target respondents could have been part of 60% of the doubters. Witnesses, too, rarely get into conversations about medical maladies with targets. They, too, may be unwilling or unable to perceive the causal factors which contribute to their friend's ill health. Um, perpetrators rank in number. 61% of the bullies are bosses, and 63% of the incidents of perpetrators operate alone. <coughs> but, but workplace um, mobbing was the term adopted by Heinz Lehman to describe health-harming abusive conduct at work. Mobbing implies that there are multiple perpetrators, a uh, gang, quote-unquote, mobbing precedes the term workplace bullying historically. However, WBI has consistently defined bullying as commit, committed by one or more persons. Bullying nearly always escalates to engage more than one person who joins the instigator to torment the target. <coughs> For this question, the respondent categories allow the respondent familiar with bullying either directly or indirectly as witness, N equals 374, with no experienced respondents not sure. Solo higher rank perpetrators, 37%. Solo same rank perpetrators, 21%. Solo lower rank subordinate perpetrators, 4%. Multiple higher rank perpetrators, 19.5%. Multiple same rank perpetrators, 8%. Lower rank subordinate perpetrators, 1.6%. Multiple higher and lower rank perpetrators, 7.22%. So 63% involve single perpetrators, 37 So it could be the single person, right? The owner of the company tells everyone, you're going to target that bitch. So he becomes the one perpetrator who brings in groups of people, right? The handler brings in community members to believe that the target deserves what they're getting. Then they radicalize those individuals to believe that they can commit indiscriminate acts of violence, whether it's vandalism to your property, theft, 
character and credibility assassination. That's what all these motherfuckers do. So we have these fucking cowards who do this shit, and they can't even they can't even admit to what they're doing. But they would be the same people who swear that there's no such thing as workplace harassment because they're they're the perpetrators. Remember that you can tell a perpetrator because they do one of two things, or they do actually both things. They deflect and project. They deflect anything you have to say, right? And they try to project all of that back onto you. They deny. It's like deny, deny, deny. Well, they live in, they're the ones who have the psychological issues that really the shrinks should be chipping their fucking brains and zapping the shit out of them when they start thinking to get radicalized and harm some neighbor that doesn't have anything to do with their lives, number one, doesn't have any, you know, it's not harming them. Those are the ones who need to be implanted and neutralized. And most of the solo perpetrators are top-down, which means that it comes from the top and it moves its way down into group targeting. Uh, 29% of targets remain silent about their abusive conduct. Only 17% seek formal resolution. A key enabling factor of abusive conduct in the work is silence. Remember, the time comes when silence is betrayal. No one talks about what they have either witnessed or directly experienced. Not me. You know I have to say it. But in most of the cases, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating when someone comes up to you. I can eat and do this. Well, now you guys know what it feels like to get it back because now I have a, a I have more on a software system that allows me to say, how come this isn't done? You guys want to throw it on me? I'll show you how I can throw it right back at you. You come after me, then you better be expecting it to come right back at you. But most people will just take it, and they won't do that, what I do. Take that extra step. Let me prove to you what this bitch did and how that person doesn't want the truth, but they're trying to cause fucking trouble. But most people would have just sat there, felt bad, been worried about their relationship with the family member or whatever, and then just took it. Fuck that shit. You picked the wrong Asian to do that shit to. And you can throw that stereotype of what you think an Asian female is out the goddamn fucking window. So what it is is they're saying that people have either witnessed it or experienced it but are less likely to talk about it. They're not like me. I'm vocal. I have chosen from the beginning to use my words as a weapon against this fucking perpetrator community. And that's exactly what I do. So told no one outside work, 12%. Did not tell an employer or representative of HR or management, 17%. Silent targets, 29%. Told only coworkers, 35%. Only informed or notified the employer, 53%. Target informally reported experience, um, filed a formal complaint with employers, 13%. Filed a formal complaint with government agencies, 3%. Filed a lawsuit, 2%. So you see, they got them so intimidated that they don't believe they have rights, but you do have rights. 
And I know I have rights, and that's why I filed, and that's why I write complaints to the HR. So targets formerly reported experience only 18% of the time. But then how are you going to prove it when you have someone that's fucking with your head at work and, and deleting your fucking emails from the back door, from back entrance through administrative access? You know you did something, but they want you to doubt whether you did it. Well, they're too stupid to realize that I know what I fucking do at the goddamn workplace. But they'll keep on trying it. And I'll keep on calling them on it. But that's what happens, right? Not just in the workplace, but in the communities that you live in. When you go on a public setting, it's the same type of behavior. So it says over one quarter, 29% of targets were believed to have to have remained silent over their embarrassing experience as recipients of abuse at work. Over half of respondents who felt certain about their perception of what targets said and to whom believed that target engaged in only informal notification. That left 18%, less than one in five bullied targets who pursued formal steps to stop the bullying. Of course, a silent target is likely to suffer from prolonged exposure to special distressful work conditions. In fairness, employers cannot be expected to curb bullying when they hear no reports of its occurrence. Targets without necessarily making a deliberate decision become their own worst enemies. So what what they're saying is you are responsible for yourself. If you're being targeted in the workplace, you have to call it out. Put it in writing so it's date stamp like I did. Oh well, you know, this stuff that's happening where you didn't, where you said I didn't send this and we talked about it and you actually agreed that you saw it and then you turn around later and say, oh, you can't find it? Well, that was because the IT person was sitting in, in our emails and deleting everything out. And so I don't have to prove it anymore. What I have to prove in a court of law and these lawyers that eventually will take this on, hopefully an organized crime law firm, because I'm going after everybody. That's one thing. They claim that you have to prove it. You can't prove something that's done through the back doors. As long as there's a capability, an easily accessible capability to Office 360 or Microsoft Office where administrative access to the server can go in and search through your emails and delete shit, as long as I know that exists and you, you know it exists, then the burden comes on the company. Why would you do that to an employee? Why would you instruct your IT department to do that to an employee? <clears throat> Contrary to the myth of victims' targets are so crazy, only 5% take their stories outside the boundaries of their employer's world. Thus, <clears throat> bullying is secret by employers within their organization. A mere 3% use federal or state agencies to seek redress. A minuscule 2% ever file a lawsuit. The author of this report in the role of expert witness in litigation cases can confirm that only a small portion 
of file lawsuits ever make it to the courtroom to be tried on the merits of the case. The vast majority are tossed by judges ascending to employers' motions for summary judgment or dismissal. So what they're saying is even the ones who get it to court, they try to cover it up. But I'm telling these fucking people out there, these goddamn corporations, that there is a way to fight back when you do shit like this. And I happen to be one of those people who fight back. Don't ever try to impugn my character or credibility with fucking lies. Because that, well, that is like the nail that gets me to, that drives me to make sure you bring down the people who did that shit to you. And preferably in a court of fucking law. So I wanted to go over some of the psychological aspects of uh, of targeting, but mainly because of <clears throat> uh, downsizing how the it starts to rise, particularly if a company wants to retaliate quietly but wants to try to keep their hands clean, they use other people within the workforce to do it to that target. I know my shit. That's how I know how to recognize it. You can't call someone paranoid when other people are deliberately fucking with them. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.